This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed with Dundee and Dundee United as you are. This week, Derby stalemate at Dens as Dundee go bottom. And United still not quite firing on all cylinders. Hello and welcome to Twa Teams One Street, the post-Derby edition. I'm Tom Duthie, and also podding today are George Cran. Hello. Ewan Smith. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And let's get to first things first. I had this all planned out. This was going to be the Seven Dwarfs show. Somebody was going to be happy. Somebody was going to be grumpy. And what do they do? They're going draw. <laughs> Everybody's grumpy. Is, was, yeah. there, was there was there a dwarf called ambivalent? <laughs> there is now. So come on, George, since it was Dundee's home game, I have to say, I listened to the Dundee game on the radio and United game, of course, by definition, <laughs> giving myself away there, uh, and watched Hearts Hibs on the TV at the same time. It was just like double trouble. Was that not a bit confusing? Well, you know what was confusing? The radio was ahead, the radio was ahead of the TV, so everything every time there was something from the Hearts Hibs game, <laughs> five seconds later, I was like, "Oh, he missed." I know he's going to shoot over the bar, so it was quite annoying that way. But it wasn't the Hearts Hibs game wasn't a good watch, and I have to say the Dundee Derby was not a good listen, but. I know that you you chaps feel slightly differently. I, th- I think it's always different when you're at the game. Obviously, you were listening on the radio rather than watching it, but I always feel that it's more enjo- enjoyable being at the game than watching it on TV a lot of the time. Especially when there's a big crowd atmosphere makes it exciting. Eh? Aye, it was, it was, I really enjoyed it. Um, there was some good play as well. I think Dundee probably edged it over the entire piece, although United had good chances right at the end. Um, there wasn't a huge amount of chances, I think, Final ball lacking for certainly for Dundee and uh, United. I don't think they'd be too happy with their performance, but they came away with a a draw. Um, doesn't hugely help either team the result, but then there was, there was hardly any other results elsewhere either. There's pretty much draws across the board, apart from St. It was one significant one for Dundee, yeah, apart from St. Johnston. But no, as I said, it was pretty even kind of frantic stuff at the start and then Dundee started to, to get a bit of a stranglehold on it. Only really had that one shot from Paul McMullen or header. It was really well saved by Segrist to, to kind of show for their, their good play and then Zach Rodden came on the second half, very unlucky not to score two chances cleared off the line and then Although we thought from the press box that uh, Nicky Clark had fluffed his chance at the end but I haven't seen the highlights this morning. It looked like uh, Ryan Sweeney actually got his head on the ball somehow. Did a John Terry style on the on the ground, stick the head and kind of tackle it and saved his team. But uh, nil nil. It's not the most exciting uh, headlines, but I enjoyed the game. I, I thought it was good. But both teams are needing more result, uh, better results than that going forward. Yeah, and you and George says uh, Dundee edged it. Speak up. Are you going to let me away with that? <laughs> I, I agree with him. Totally agree with him. I do actually do. Oh I do well, do. that's a, that's yeah. all for today then. Bye. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I do. I mean, I think for eighty minutes, celebrating. I think for, I think for eighty minutes, Dundee were the better team. They looked. They were. 
they were out muscling. I think uh, Dundee United. You know, they were winning all the fifty-fifty challenges. They were. They they really looked pumped up for it. They do not did not look like a side who are bottom of the league last night, in my opinion. Um, watching Dundee, they looked like a side that's really got a lot of fight in them, a lot of spirit in them. Um, yeah, they didn't create a, a massive amount of chances. They probably created slightly more chances than Dundee United did last night. Um, I was impressed with Zach Grudden when he came on. I thought he looks like he can something that can cause problems. I was really impressed with Niall McGinn until he tired. Um, I'm that's that's all from a Dundee perspective. I'm looking for a Dundee United perspective. In the last ten minutes, they looked good. I think they looked like they looked like they looked like Dundee had run out of steam. And Dundee United, if any team was going to win it in the last ten minutes, it was going to be Dundee United. And like you said, Nicky Clark had the chance at the end to put it away. That didn't put it away. Um, but Dundee United probably need to play better than that. They do need to play better than that because their ambitions lie in the top six. Um, but. I, Overall, the last three or four games, I do think that there are shoots of recovery for Dundee United, but they're not quite there yet. Yeah, two things I would say to you, from, to, just to pick up on, from your commentary of the game, you and it's not the first time, is it, this season that United have finished strongly, but and there's been a few games where they've taken a while to get going. And also, you were saying they were maybe out-battled. Now, they're looking to play football to get into the top six, but you've still got to play a lot of teams, like Dundee, like Ross County, yeah, like St Johnson on Saturday, who are battling. So is that is that a worry uh, uh, that you get out battled in a derby? Well, it is. It is. I think. I think it's, it's ironic. Over the last three or four games, I think Callum Butcher's become a really important player for Dundee United, and it it had a a difficult season. Let's just say with a couple of red cards, suspensions, and injury, and everything like that. And um, but now he's playing an essential defensive role because Charlie McGrew is out. They're actually lacking that. That in midfield, you know they're missing that yeah, they're missing a bit of digging him in midfield. But they have signed Tim Akinola, who looks like he's a combative midfielder, and maybe in the style of Jando Fuchs, who can maybe win a ball and he likes a tackle. So when when we see him, and they've got Kevin McDonald to come in as well, who's going to add that bit of quality. I mean, we know that he's an absolute class footballer, and if he's on it and if he's fit and he's playing, then he's he's going to raise the levels at Dun United in their midfield. I think. Um, if I'm being fair, I thought Dylan Levitt was brilliant last night for Dun United in terms of his vision to try and find a pass. But it just some sometimes his teammates just weren't on 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 the end of it. Um, in terms of going forward, I think Saturday becomes a much more difficult game because of St Johnston's result. You know they're going to McDermott Park and against a St Johnston side who couldn't buy a win and they've got a great win away from home um, at Livingston. So the last time Dun United played St Johnston, St Johnston. Came up, scored a goal, and then Xander Clark had a, an absolute wonder game and, and and saved him. So it's going to be difficult for them. But I I still think United are generally on an upward trajectory. But I expected maybe them to win last night, and I'm disappointed from Dundee United's perspective that they didn't put in the performance that I thought they were capable of. Yeah, um, Bear, the fact that you and so keen to move on to what's meant to be section three of today's show. Does that, does that, in your opinion, confirm a moral victory for Dundee? No, I, I think that's a, that's definitely that's definitely a win for Dundee and their fans. And, it was partly uh, my fault, Ewan. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think the guys are right. I think watching the game, you know, I was at the game. It's great to see Dense Fuel again. It was a, a fine atmosphere again. I think that makes the occasion. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought Dundee had the better. I thought United started started better, but then Dundee took command. I thought the game overall, well, Dundee had an edge. 
I tell him it lacked real quality. It lacked real quality um, in terms of finishing in the final pass. But in terms of sort of who is that, I thought Dundee had more about them. I think the guys are right. I think McGinn's going to be, a, 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 I've said this when I saw him at Perth against St. Johnston, McGinn's going to be a great addition for Dundee. They need a few boys to get up to speed to him. Zach Rudden came on and did well. But he looked to me as though he was, he was, he was tired. I don't know if that was just the sense of the occasion and what's gone over, on over the last sort of 24 hours and, and coming yeah. to the ends and everything that's been happening with the transfer, et cetera, et cetera. But he, he looked at, he, even him, you know, he only played for part of the game and he looked as though he was running out of steam towards the end. And, uh, you know, United came more into it. it was a, I think it was a microcosm of United, the way United play their, their games, particularly during the season. They tend to stifle teams throughout the game and they find something extra in the final 10, 15 minutes. I mean, I was looking at uh, Ian Harks and and, and mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned Levitt, who I thought was superb. They seemed to find an extra yard. You know, they found it in energy and Dundee were really struggling. Dundee were on the ropes in that final 10 minutes and I think they did well not to lose the game. It would have been harsh on them. The introduction of Paul, it helped as well. Um, mm-hmm. But I, watching the game, I mean, you're saying there wasn't, wasn't, wasn't that great. I really enjoyed it. I thought I was, I was, I was pretty gung-ho. I thought it was played in a sort of cup tie. It was, it was at United's end. It was at Dundee's end. But it was a quality that was lacking. And we're Dundee. That's what they need to find, especially in the final third if they're going to get themselves out of it. But there was, there was a lot of positives to take. But from a Dundee perspective, I think, uh, you know, the right back, is it Vaughty Campbell? Is that his? Is that his Daily, yeah, Daily Campbell. Vaughty Daily, Daily Campbell. Yeah, he was good. Vaughty yeah. Daily Campbell. He looked, he looked capable. It's not been the same since he lost to Tyson Fury. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> I get the, confused again. The defences against Sweeney and Fontaine, I thought, did well after the after the you know after Fontaine had a nightmare at, at Livy and, and Sweeney wasn't playing that game, but they've, they've bounced back with three clean sheets, which gives them a, a platform. At the end, that chance for Nicky Clark, I didn't see it until until after the game. I saw the highlights on uh, on uh, the BBC and had gone back to the Dundee clubby for for a pint as you do. You think about sanctuary and discuss things, and would. We said, well, we'll wait, we'll see, we'll watch, we'll watch sports and have another pint and, and see the highlights. Unbeknown to us, they put them on last. You know, so what happened? A few pints, Tom. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was. So, but uh, right at the end, of course, you see the chance for United, and you wonder why they missed it. Nicky Clark missed it, but I think it is down to Sweeney actually mm. edging his head towards the ball. I think that unsettled him a wee bit. I'm sticking his head in there. You know, I mean, he should have burst the net, but he's put it over. Thankfully, from a Dundee perspective, but. Yeah, good things, good positive aspects for Dundee, um, especially once you get a few other players coming in. I thought McMullen was outstanding. You know, his work rate is simply superb. He just needs to add goals to his game. I think the final ball can sometimes be better as well. For United, you know, Benjamin Seagrees, what can you say? The man who's his class, who's his class. And I think obviously, you know, the great thing for United is he's still there and he will play through the summer. But I mean, he just, everything he does is just, yeah, and, and that breeds through the defence, Tom, as well, because United have made a couple of changes. Obviously, Mulgrew is out, so they're bringing in a young lady, Ross Graham. Butcher has slotted back in. He, he's capable. Edwards was his usual self. And they look pretty solid in there. Um, I thought McNaughty was quiet. Tony Watt did a couple of good things. I thought Nicky Clark was very clever playing just in behind. He gave Dundee problems. Um, but for me, uh, it was it was Levitt and Harks were, were key for United. And going, going forward, I think that... It's, it's them that are going to drive United on either up the league, you know, if, if I can get them motoring, then that that'll be, can be the sort of base for them to go on and win points in games. But overall, 
I thought that maybe in the end the result was fair. Dunny just edge it, but whether they did enough to win it, I don't think so. So fair draw, you move on and take the point. And you and do you want to make it a trio of exonerating Nicky Clark? Because there was a wee element in the reports uh, today of he was the he was the hero against Ross County last midweek and the villain because he missed a late chance, but. It looks like it was a great piece of defending. Yeah, and it wasn't as easy as it looks as well. The way it flashes in there as well, you know. I th- yeah, I think, I think, I do want to defend. I mean, Nicky Clark does miss chances, and I mean, Mark McNulty misses chances and everything like that. But um, Nicky Clark has been a good player for Dundee United, and I don't, I don't want to to say otherwise. We love Nicky Clark on this show. We do no, I know. I I really like him as well. <laughs> so I think he's I. An, I think he's an intelligent football player, and I think he's pivotal to the kind of style that Dun United want to play. You know, he, he really works hard as well. But, I mean, taking back the point that the Bears making towards the end, I think I think Ian, Ian Hart's really came on to a game in the last 15 minutes as well. I think he really did come into a game. He looked he looked good as he was going forward and he was starting to lock in. Peter Pollock came in, as we're talking about Nicky Clark, Peter Pollock came in and he added just that little bit of guile and craft. And I mean, he played a delightful through ball to, to cut, Done United open for one of Nicky Clark's chances when he played it down down to, to Tony Watt to cut it in the box. So um yeah, there were positives for Dun United towards the end, and I think I would let Nicky Clark off the hook. I don't think he should be the villain for Dun United not winning last night. And another big Tam Court, as I believe he's now called. We've always called him Tam anyway. Um <laughs> Another big call from the United manager starting Ross Graham for the first time in such a big game. Yep, Ross Graham for me was actually done United's best player. I'm just being on, blunt and honest. I thought he was, I thought he was assured that he was composed. Never, never looked like he was going to lose lose the ball. Um, I think it's fantastic, terrific for him. I mean, he came on at Celtic Park for his for his debut at Celtic Park as a substitute, and then he makes his first start in a Dundee derby. I mean, you can't, you can almost cannot get better than that for the boy. And I know he had a difficult loan spell at Dunfermline. It, it wasn't always the, it wasn't like a, he went to Dunfermline and he really, really kicked on. I think he had some difficult games. I think he was playing for a side that was losing every week. I think maybe his confidence took a shot um, and he was supposed to be there for the season, but Dundee United recalled him um brought him back and I, and I think part of the reason they brought him back was because it wasn't it wasn't helping him um, no. but fair play to Tam Courts he's, he's brought him back he's obviously had a word with him he's calmed him down he said look I've got faith in you I believe in you and he's put him in and um, Tam Courts was talking last night about how uh, Ross Graham was outstanding and he's excited to see what he's done United future holds and I think I, I'm excited to see what he's done United future holds. He's going to be a quietly effective player for Dun United if he continues to perform at the level that he has shown over the last couple of games. And George, Dundee's new men, who are new signings, your verdict? Um, I think both added something, certainly. I mentioned about Vontae Daly Campbell, who I keep wanting want to call Daly Thompson for some reason every time I write it. But. <laughs> well, I want to call him Devontae. It's, it's a cracking name, I have to say. Actually, I just want to call him good. It was good. Um, <laughs> really positive. Good. <laughs> uh, really positive from from right back. Um, happy to take on his man, but fairly sensible at the same time. You could see the kind of ground in his head. He was at Arsenal uh, originally, and then he moved to Leicester City, uh, joined their youth team. He's, I think he's captained their under-23 team a few times this season. And he's popped into the, their first team a couple of times. You, you can see that there's certainly a player there. 
looks like a good good pickup for for Dundee. Yeah, are we are we further in Dundee's cap as well? I mean, you may not remember this, but from time to time, I've been known to criticise my beloved Dundee and the way it's run. But <laughs> Brendan Rodgers, his manager at Leicester, knows Scottish football inside out, mm-hmm. and is is very meticulous about everything he does. And he wouldn't he wouldn't let a player go to a club if he thought that club wasn't a a good club. Yeah, a good a good environment, and he's certainly going to learn a lot. I would say. Um... He, t- he actually he tired quite a lot. He, he, I think he got subbed just before the before the hour. He, he looked he looked like he was blowing a bit. I think it was maybe a bit too much for him. Uh, looks looks like a, a very decent defender, but he'll also give you something going forward. I know the fans were more interested in getting a left back in, maybe because uh, George Marshall's had injury troubles and there's not really any cover, but. That kind of gives you a bit more cover because Cammy Kerr can play on the left. Jordan Cammy Kerr does well every time he plays left back. Cammy's been really, really consistent of late. And again, he was the same last night. He was right up for it. You could, you could see obviously Dundee fan and all that. Um, and Zach Rodden came on. I, I, I thought he'd, he added something. I was going as well. to say Beryl, Beryl like this. I mean, Zach's a much better name for a headline, isn't it? Oh, Beryl? brilliant. Vaughty <laughs> Campbell. We're, yeah, going to think, we're going to have to change that to DVC or something like that. What's what's yeah. that, George? Keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it simple. Rodden, Zach. Is Zach, is Zach, is Zach without a C as well, isn't it? So it's nice one, one character less yeah. to fit into your, your headline space. Well, that's brilliant. Ah. Anyway, George, never mind yeah. his name. Did he play well? Well, I think he might make some headlines. There you go. Before Whoa. the end of the season, yeah. Um, he's, uh, ta- he's much taller than the rest of the Dundee front line, which is a start. Um, George, that's no difficult. Short. Come on. Have <laughs> 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 you remember back in the ghoul days the Anthill mob on wacky races? That rings a bell for <laughs> the Dundee front we're line. We're all taller <laughs> than the Dundee forward line, and we're sitting dunes just now. Yeah. But I think it's. I, I hadn't seen a huge amount of him, but I obviously know of him and know that he's a. I could score a goal scorer in, in the lower leagues, but he's, he was more physical than I maybe expected. He, he wasn't on for a, a whole lot of time, but he put himself about, can hold the ball up, and, and he was unlucky not to score. He, he was. He spoke after the game, and he, he was really disappointed in himself that he didn't score the second chance. Where it was from the corner, he feels like he didn't really catch it, but still almost squeezed in, which the kind of. Goal scorer maybe Dundee are needing uh, the guys that don't have to catch it very well to still get it going towards the corner and stuff like that. They can squeeze goals in, but they need goals. That, that's another. They got a clean sheet, but that's that's two nil nils in a row, and they haven't scored a lot in recent weeks. That's that's the one thing they need to improve upon is, is getting the ball in the net. But I think they've got a good striker there. Good stuff. Well, that's the derby done. After this, we'll start and look at a more general picture for the two city clubs. Right, Dundee. We've been upbeat about them, but the hard fact of the matter is if the league finishes today, they're doing. Because St. Johnson's win at Livingston, George, to bring you back in right away, puts them bottom. Yeah, And that's got to be worrying. You mentioned in part one, I think it's they've only scored in one game in the last uh, six. two. I think it's a bit of a concern. I think I'm talking. Yeah, league. okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I Maybe I'm just wrong. Game, yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's the worry because it was that was probably Dundee's best performance in quite a few weeks, but they go bottom of the league as a result of it. So it's it's yeah, 
there are positives, but there's a one big negative in there. It is only goal difference, but the goal difference is six difference at the moment. Um, they need to get wins on the board. Obviously, got Ross County <coughs> home on Saturday. That's that's starting to look like a must win. Yeah, Huge. they actually have a game in hand on on Ross County, but games in hand don't count that much when you're at the bottom of the league because uh, they tend to come against teams that you're not likely to beat. But um, aye, that, that's that's the worry is the goals. They have tightened up, and James McPake was was quick to mention after the game that he's pleased with how his defence has tightened up a bit because it's something they needed to to work on. They've had three clean sheets that on on the spin, which. Uh, it has been unlike them probably throughout the last couple of seasons, um, and it was I, I had to like, had a look back through the book, the history books. I think it's twenty eighteen since the last time they kept back to back clean sheets in the top flight. So it's not to be sniffed at, but they certainly need to start getting the, the ball in the back of the net at the other end. Yeah, and Bear George mentions how big a game it is on Saturday against Ross County. I mean, the two games against Ross County so far this season, both defeats, both disasters of a very different type. Is it third time lucky or are they going to find another way? Well, I mean, it'll have to be. I mean, are they taking our defeat from Ross County, Tom? Well, you look at it and say, Ross County are not going to finish in the top six. If you, if you lose three games to a team that's going to finish in the bottom six, you're looking at one thing, and that's relegation. I mean, the two games you talked about prior against Ross County, the first one at Dens, Dundee, I think, have a, I mean, I can't be certain on this, but I think Dundee had an opportunity to go seven points clear of Ross County at that point in time. They got five yeah. at Dens on a really strange night, I've got to say. Everything Ross County did that night, they struck gold with. Um, the game at Dingwall, again, Dundee are 25 minutes away from going eight points clear of Ross County and they lose that game. Now, Dundee find themselves... You know, the shoes on the other foot of you. Like, you know, Dundee find themselves five points behind Ross County. They cannot allow that gap to increase. And they really do need to to win that game. They need to find the win against Ross County. And, you know, one thing about Ross County, they, they do look, I watched them and they have improved. There's no doubt about that. Marty McKay's, you know, recruited well from south of the border. Unfortunately, it's a guy called Charles Cook. Charlie Cook has done a lot of damage to Dundee this season. Can you believe that, eh? Oh, Regan no. Charles Cook, but he's been outstanding. But they've got one or two others as well. And, and you know, going forward, they look a handful. But defensively, they still leak. They still look leaky. I mean, Dundee have got to find that path pathway to goal. To, I mean, you, you mentioned the clean sheets, but the clean sheets are against two teams who have struggled for goals themselves this season, St. Johnston and Dundee United. So, you know, Ross County are, are maybe going to pose a bigger threat coming towards the Dundee goal but Dundee have got to make sure that they're resolute and when they get up top of the park they find clear cut openings I think that there's no Dundee have been struggling to get clear opportunities so they're going to have to find a way to do that and it's a it's a massive massive game as I say a draw isn't it a draw would suit Ross County let's be perfectly honest if Dundee had gone up to Dingwall and got yeah. a draw just before Christmas that would have suited Dundee at the time but when you're behind you really need to win the games you know, so it's it's an opportunity for them. And if they do that, here, they may still be bottom on on Saturday night. But they'll have squeezed the pack right up again. There'll be two points, is it two points behind Ross County, I think. And a lot of Dundee fans were unhappy, obviously, going bottom last night. You didn't you you didn't want to look at the table when you're bottom in the league. Especially in January. Yeah, a lot of Dundee fans were were upset that St Johnston got that late winner. But for me, I think it's quite a good thing, Tam, because it keeps Livia, you know, in 
sort of touching distance. Now, you didn't want you, the last thing you want in the world is it for to be Dundee and St Johnson cut adrift and they're both fighting for a living spot. If Dundee can get that win on Saturday, then the, the, the picture changes dramatically. Dramatically. Because Livy have still got to come to Dens before the split as well. So that's 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 a positive slant on it. But it is, it's going to be another nervy affair. But there are positives to take from the Derby time, so I'm hopeful after that. Yeah, you you said Dundee didn't look like a team uh, that were bottom of the league. And maybe you, you, you can approach it with a slightly fresher view because you don't watch them every week. What do they have to do to turn that look into results? Score goals. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being flippant there, but you and have you got some place to go today? No, no, I'm not being flippant, but I mean, I, I actually genuinely think that was possibly one of the only aspects that was missing from Dundee last night in their performance was that they didn't have the cutting edge, and and Dundee United done the last ten minutes just had that little bit of guile and craft that was maybe just slightly more cutting edge that. They obviously didn't score, but they they cut Dundee open a couple of times later on, and that's maybe what's missing from Dundee. But I, if as a neutral observer watching that game and watching Dundee for, I don't see them very often. I, they did not look anywhere near like a side that's that's cut adrift, that's struggling, that's that's got no chance of staying up. They look like a side that can definitely stay up, but. Sorry, you just to interrupt for a minute. You said neutral observer, but on my screen you're wearing a black jersey with a tangerine t-shirt top. But it is a tangerine top. It is a tangerine top. It's not a Dundee United top. Um, Yeah. Sorry. Continue. (laughs) I know I'm the Dundee United reporter, and I do. You you do you do want the team that you cover to do well, but um, I've I've not I've not bought my season ticket for Tannadice yet. I've not signed up yet as a. A tiny season tick older. But yeah, um, on Dundee, I'm, you're, you're, I'm losing the thread. What do you want me to say about Dundee? You want me to say if they don't look... Yeah, well, just that thing. Where, where where did Dundee sort of find that wee bit extra that goes from a good performance to victories? Because obviously they need to start yeah. winning well, games. Well, one aspect, right, I think they've recruited quite well. I think, I really do think that Niall McGinn really, really extremely impressed me last night. The quality of his delivery into the box was outstanding. His composure on the ball, and I think Bear spoke about it last week, about how he's one of these players when he gets the ball, he's never panicky, he knows where the ball's going to go and he takes his time and he makes he doesn't lose the ball. He did that a lot last night. Um, he put a couple of crosses into the box that I thought were, you know, their top-class crosses going to the ball. So if they can get maybe somebody like Zach Rudden on the end of that or something, you know, then I think that's where Dundee are going to win. But Ross County... They are such a difficult side as well. You know, I watched them at Tannerice a few weeks ago and yeah, yeah Dun United rallied late on and, and got the win, but Reagan Charles Cook is such a, an immense player. Hungbo, we've seen him as well. You know, they've got they've got quality in their ranks, so um that's a that's a difficult one. But if they can win that, if they can win that game, they really do kick on. And these teams like Livingston and Ross County. Um, they are good sides, but they're inconsistent as well. You know, they can go one week and, and play really well and produce a, a great result. And then the next week, you're like, well, where did that come from? So it's not all over. But this thing about battling for the 11th spot, it's not a good thing either because the 11th spot puts you in the playoffs. So it's not as simple as, oh, well, we'll finish 11th. Yeah. You know, I know, but we know that you, you can't be 12th and 11th and just think, oh, well, we'll finish above, you know, because the playoffs could be very, very difficult, as Kilmarnock found last season when Dundee came up. Yeah, George, to try to sort of get us back onto the positive beat you and mentioned there, they do seem to have recruited well, but there's still a couple of things up in the air. Uh, Lee Griffiths and talk at this centre half from Bournemouth. Yeah, it's a strange one. The 
um, the Bournemouth one, Dundee got the paperwork in on time, but from what I hear, um, some of the paperwork from Bournemouth didn't arrive before the deadline. So they're kind of appealing to the... Oh, I should say we're talking about Zeno Ibsen Rossi, a Londoner with an Italian passport. Yeah. Who played uh, for Kilmarnock on loan last season. He was. He yeah. went down in the playoffs against Dundee. He's uh, <laughs> looking to bring him in yeah. as, as kind of defensive cover or reinforcement anyway. Um, Can it still happen? What day are we? Wednesday were a couple of days. It feels like it's unlikely, I would say. that the, the, It would probably be the latest deal in history. I would, uh, two days after the deadline, somehow it goes through. But the, the, as it stands, they're still waiting on the decision um, from the governing body as to whether they'll accept the, how it went through or if it has gone through. Um, I think it's unlikely, to be honest. Uh, in terms of Lee Griffiths, it looks like he's heading elsewhere. Um, they've offered him a, a short-term deal to the end of the season. He was actually at the derby last night last night um, as, a, as a spectator, but I, I don't think they're expecting him to sign sign the deal, and I think he'd be uh, looking looking to move on and try something new. My guess, and I've nothing to back this up, but my guess is he might go abroad. Um, I get the feeling maybe the... Uh, the stuff he gets from the stands in Scotland, he's maybe had enough of that. I would, I would suggest, and, and he might be looking elsewhere. And as a free agent, that's that's open to him, isn't it? He can do what he yeah. wants, yeah. And that's it. Is it is it a concern? I mean, when's uh, oh the the big lad? I've gone all dark. <laughs> I've forgotten his name. Who's the big lad that's I'm, done really I'm tempted well? Tempted not to help you, know, but it's You're not helping me at Lee all Ashcroft. here. I'm dying. <laughs> Lee Ashcroft. I was going, I had Lee Chapman. <laughs> You're mixing up uh, Jay Chapman's all up. Yeah. That, that would be the oh, end. <laughs> He's older than me. Uh, no, Lee Ashcroft. Any news is positive on on Lee Ashcroft. Um, everything I've heard about his recovery is, is going really well. Um, uh, speak to folk at Denz. Actually, he'd, if it was up to him, I think he'd be back in training and probably playing because he, he feels that good. But they're trying to keep him. Take it cautious. Yeah, make sure when he comes back, yeah, he when is it, back. Aye, exactly, because it's a hamstring, a bad hamstring injury, and we've all seen that recur uh, in a lot of players, and it's something they're taking a bit of time on because he's such a key player. Um, so hopefully he might be back before. Well, it was March was his initial prognosis, so that's only a month away. I mean, he could well be back before then, which would be a huge boost because the. That's where they've really struggled, and obviously why they wanted to get a central defender in. They didn't manage to get Ricky Lamy from Mullerwell, um, although he signed a or agreed a pre-contract anyway. Um, and they tried to get Dan McGregor from Hibs. We got t- knocked back for that, uh, and then the Rossi deal is probably not going to happen either. So that that's where they're weak in terms of squad. They're, they're probably short a striker as well, unless Griffiths changes his mind and signs. Um, but they kind of only got Danny Mullen and, and Zach Rodden. Although guys like McGinn and McCowan have played up front in the past, so they can use that, but that wouldn't be ideal. Um, so they are a bit short in a couple of areas, but I, I would say overall the squad's probably, overall it, it's stronger uh, at the end of the window than it was at the start. And the mood right now seems to be defiant, which is always 
reason for <laughs> yeah, to see what I'm it there's always always reason for hope when there's a fight about the squad. Exactly, and they showed that in the derby because the defence has been a real problem all season looking at the table. I think Ross County's might be, their defence might be worse now um, overall in terms of the goals they've conceded. Um, but they're right, right down at the bottom or the bottom end of that table for goals conceded. So that's something they really had to, to tighten up on. They did look a lot tighter uh, against United. Um, Adam Langston's didn't actually make a save throughout the entire match, which tells you something. Although, as we discussed, United did have chances. Um, so there, there are steps forward in that, in the players they've got that they've kind of upped their game. So, But that's going to have to continue because um, they've not got a lot of cover. Uh, now without managing to get another centre half in. And Bear, is it really does it come down to now how quickly the new arrivals gel and get into the sort of rhythm of the team, if you like? Yeah, there's a bit of that there's a bit of that time, because you, you bring them in, you're hoping they're going to be able to make an impact, that's why you're bringing them in, but it does take a wee bit of time, you know we, we saw that last night, you know, it's not going to happen overnight, but Tom Dundee are crying out for a hero Dundee are crying out for a hero and, and they're looking for somebody to step up to the play. Who's it going to be? We thought at the start of the season it could have been Lee Griffiths. And I'm disappointed that he's he's obviously moving on. But it's, I mean, for what he's ultimately given Dundee in terms of that, you know, it's it's no great loss, which is really sad. It's yeah. really sad for the player because you thought that the quality he had, you know, he would get goals you know, in, in the Premier League, but it's just, for one reason or another, it's just not happened. Fair play to Dundee. I know James McPake obviously likes him. I always felt that he would be offered something to stay on, but maybe it's in the best interest, certainly, of of, of Griffiths to, to fit, if he can find something elsewhere um, and try to, try to kickstart. I, I hope he does, because he's, he's, he's too young to sort of start sliding away, you know, down the leagues. I, I, I do believe there, there is still a player in there, but he does look, there's something missing. He's called Sparky, and that spark is missing for him at the moment. Getting back onto Dundee, Dundee need to find somebody with that spark. Now, hopefully it can be Rudden. He was a wee bit unfortunate last night, but he looks as though he's got something in the lad, but just needs something to kickstart it. It could be a, it could be a Sklav goal, but we need somebody to get on a wee run. Danny Mullen had a wee, a wee spell where he was doing really well. He got a few goals, but it didn't last, it didn't last, last long enough, and they're not getting support from elsewhere. Paul McMullen, for all the good work he's done at Dens, and he has... He's probably been Dundee's in Dundee's top two or three players since he signed on, you know, over the course of last season and this season. He's still, I mean, has he got a goal this season, George? Has he scored? Has he... Uh, I think he scored in the League Cup. Yeah, he's got that's one, not one enough. goal in his time at Dundee. Yeah. That's that's not enough. We need we need everybody has to start weighing in here. And I see even your defenders, they've got to start weighing in the goals. That's where they miss Ashcroft. I think Dundee had something like a dozen corners last night. You know, but they never ever looked like getting a, a, a header on the ball. When you've got Lee Ashcroft in there, a dozen corners, you bank on him getting his head on one. I mean, Lee Ashcroft headers the ball, Tammy headers the ball towards goal with a bit of, a bit of gusto. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, they're definitely needing need, need something. Yeah. Who's Lee Ashcroft again? <laughs> used to, he, he used I can't to even remember for Leeds United or something like that, did he know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're needing somebody to st- step up to the Thanks plate and, and somebody to do that soon. But who? Who can it be? Well, it's got to be the new. I mean, we've not seen much of Chapman. Can he be the guy that provides the spark? As Ewan says, it's sometimes not all to do with the strikers. It's the quality that you get to the strikers. That's where, where Lee, Lee Griffiths has got probably a, 
to, he can say that. He was never given proper service. You watch United last night. One thing I would say about McMullen, he always tries to get down the line. Neil McGinn, uh, Niall McGinn is capable of that as well. But done United last night, you saw towards the end the way they were able to sort of play passes in between the centre halves and the full backs. And that's how you get down the line as well at times. You know, you move the ball quickly and the full, and the wingers can get down. And that's how you score goals. You, you watch the top games in England, you watch Manchester City, that's how they score goals. They get the ball, they play it wide, they get down the line. It's not rocket science. You've got much better chance of scoring goals if you're getting in behind playing balls across the goal than you have from playing hopeful balls in from 40 yards out wide. Easy meet for defenders and a yeah. goalkeeper is Benjamin Segris. How many times did we see Benjamin Segris last night just come waltzing off his line and take the ball on the penalty spot because it's lobbed in from about 40 or 50 yards? That's that's not how you get goals. So, yeah, I'm sure Dundee are working on that, but it, it needs something to click. You're just, it's just got, and, and hopefully if it does click, it's not a one-game wonder. It's somebody that's going to go on and, and, and really do it over the course of five, six, seven games because that's what Dundee needs right now. Yeah, that's another thing about it, George, as well. They need a run. They had a mini run there, where it was it October, November time, but they've never really gone on a sustained run this season. Which we've probably we would have said this time last season was their failing, mm. and they did do that last season in the championship, and it got them into the playoff. And we all know what happened then. It so, has it has been a feature actually. Go on the two seasons, the two full seasons under um, James McPeak that they've kind of struggled at the start. And then got it together in the second half of the season and put together a decent run of form. The first season was obviously cut short with the the pandemic kicking in, but that's that's one thing they need. Obviously, the, the situation they're in. Um, always find that the Premiership's always streaky. It's certainly, the teams in the bottom half go on spells where they put together points over over a short space of time, and then they go on a bad run. Dundee are on a bad run at the moment. The trick is always. That your good run lasts a bit longer and, and your bad run lasts a bit shorter. Uh, at the moment, Dundee can't get themselves out of there. The run without a win. St Johnston managed to do that and, and it's already popped them out, out of the relegation spot. Um, it's aye. It's it's a confidence thing, I think, and that's that's what they're lacking a bit at the top end of the park. Um, you do hope that being a bit tighter. At, in defence and not conceding goals might take the pressure off a bit and they only, it means they only really have to score one goal if if they can keep it shut at the back. So it, it's they just, as Bear says, it they need a spark. And that's quite often what happens, in, I find, in the Premiership. Something happens and suddenly the confidence gets up and you get a result and then that, it's all about momentum and, and, and building that and Dundee need to start doing that now. They, they, if, they, if they can get a win on Saturday, they then turn these couple of draws into good points. So. They've got yeah. a spark. And can it become a forest <laughs> fire? That's the trouble we're living in the country. You get distracted by <laughs> trees all the time. Anyway, great stuff. After this, we'll move across the road. Right, Ewan. Completely different league position, but... United's situation, it strikes me, is not dissimilar to Dundee's. And if they want to get to where they want to be, they want to start winning again, regularly. Yeah, and they want to start scoring goals again as well, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I'm not, that's, that's, that's my mantra for the day. For yeah. The day. <laughs> yeah, they've not scored enough goals this season either, but 
it's, it's, it's been quite frustrating um, Dundee United in the last few weeks because they've been on the brink of going back into the top six and they keep just missing out on going uh, on overtaking Aberdeen. Uh, they're in joint points with them. But I'm looking at the table now and given the fact that Dundee United went on that run of losing six games in a row and everybody was down, they're actually only four points off of fourth place. So it just shows you what George is saying. It's a streaky league, you know, the, all the teams around about them, above them, apart from Hearts, haven't really kicked on at the same point rate either. You know, while Dun United have been in a slump, the other teams above them haven't really taken advantage and pulled away. So they can actually get back up into the, the kind of position that the Dun United fans would be looking for. Because I think the Dun United fans would want them not only to be in the top six, but to be challenging for European football. And I think they can still do that. But they do need to find a way to unlock defences, get goals, um, because I do think their defence is very good. Um, I think even allowing for the fact Charlie Mulgrew's missed the last three games, I do think they've got a very good defence. I'm a massive fan of Ryan Edwards. I think he's a great leader. I think he's he's also a very good defender. Um, and and he really organises that backline. And Callum Butcher has been immense in a central defensive role in the last couple of games. And as I pointed out, Ross Graham looked very commanding as well. So I do think they're set defensively. But it's going forward and it's the unlocking the, the defences. But maybe, maybe I'm pinning a lot on this, but maybe the likes of Kevin McDonald and Akinola come in and add something different to the midfield. And and I do think that once Tony Watt gets off the mark in terms of scoring a goal, I think we might see him scoring quite a few goals for Dun United because he's certainly added something really good to the Dun United attack. He's a dynamic player. He's, he comes deep to get the ball. Um, he brings others into the game. So... There are positive signs, but uh, they need to do what Dundee need to do and they need to score goals. Bear Ewan was uh, effusive with his praise of United's defence there, but I, the more he said that word defence and praised them, and I know it's only a one-off, but I can see it in my head now. The goal they lost at Parkhead last Saturday, the 90, was it, it? five minutes into injury time. Yeah. Where were they all? Yeah. It looked, it looked, they looked like a team that was one 0 down, that was caught almost on the break. It was a bizarre goal to lose. It's a, it's a mental thing, and it afflicts every other team bar the old firm. And the old firm's mantra is, you've got to win every week. You've got, it doesn't matter if you're down to ten men, you've got to win. So, so even when Celtic go down to ten men, United are still more concentrating on no losing the game. You know, and the, and they play that way. Shit. That's what I mean. They were yeah, at that goal though, they were, it was, were so It open. was right from the start. I don't know how Celtic managed to find any space, playing out from the back, getting the ball wide, nobody pressing, nobody pressing. You need a bit of quality. Mm-hmm. And Celtic have got that quality, Tom. But then, you know, to compound matters, I'm not sure who it was at the back post who actually missed the ball. When it was, it, was, it, was it Ross Graham who, who was there? You and I'm not sure who I, it was. I think there was a few. There were two, two misses. Yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. Um, but and it was really well, unfortunate so. because because they'd been pretty solid in that respect all day. But you know what? I remember years ago at Dens Park, and it, honestly, and it was I was just a wee lad. And I was in the the Provy Road end, and Dundee had scored against Celtic late on. I think it was Bobby Robinson. Tom, you're going to be back now. We're going to be back in the early early seventies. Oh, I remember. And there must have only been fine, about five fine, minutes fine, to go. Yeah. And I was standing right at the front of the Bobby Cox because it was only a nipper at the time. Um at the Provy Road end as it was known at that time. And there, there wasn't any segregation if I can remember rightly. And there was a Celtic fan, an old guy going, 
£10 for Celtic to score the next goal. £10 for Celtic to score the next goal. And there's only five minutes to go. And I was thinking to myself, £10 was a lot of money. I mean, it was only about 15 pence to get into the ground at that time. Pound. You know, it's a, I think it's a, that's, a, that's a big gamble. But that is, when you think about that, for Celtic and Rangers, it's a no-brainer. That boy must have made a fortune. He probably wouldn't have paid out if, somebody, if, if Celtic hadn't scored. He'd done a runner. No. You know. He'd have disappeared into the crowd. For Celtic and Rangers, how many late goals do they get in Scottish football? And mm-hmm. it's no luck. It's because it is. They've got to go and, you know, they've got to go and win games all the time, regardless if they're a man down. And it's the opposite for the other teams. If, you, if United had shown the same sort of impetus as they did last night in the last 15 minutes when the HUD Dundee Dundee were tiring dramatically and United had a wee bit more spark about them. United had shown that. There was a real opportunity for them to go and win that game at Parkhead but as things turn out the loot, the, 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 all that good work they put in for 89 and a half minutes goes out the window because they just lose a bit of concentration at the back. Certainly get one chance and it's in the onion bag and we've seen it so often before, yeah. Uh, since we're telling stories of days gone by, uh, as you know, I know Sean Dillon reasonably well. And I remember Sean always saying, doesn't matter who they were playing, it doesn't matter uh, what the circumstances of the game, if they were a man up or a man down. He said, once it got past 70 minutes, as a defender, all he really shouted was, concentrate, don't lose a goal. Mm. He said, the forwards can go and look for a goal if they want. He said, but all I'm thinking is, we don't lose a goal in these last twenty minutes, and that 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 was again. In fairness, it comes, it comes with the bravery of being willing to pick a young team like Tam Courts did. That that wee bit of an experience, I suppose. But I must admit, it did surprise me. But going back to the more general thing, uh, you and I mean the big thing. United have stopped the rot, but you you do sort of feel there is a there is more to come. You mentioned the last fifteen minutes in the derby. Now, maybe if that was half an hour or 45 minutes, we're talking about a United Derby victory again. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And the point you made earlier in the podcast as well about them not starting games, they, they, that's really, really poor. They, they didn't start at all against St Mirren after the winter break. Behind against Ross County. They, they left it. Yeah, left it. The same against Ross County. You're absolutely right. They didn't They didn't start, you know. So they started actually really well at, really well at Kilmarnock. Um and obviously then Kilmarnock came back into it, but then Dundee United never looked like they were going to lose that game. So but they do have to do that. And they do they do yeah, they, they, they do have to switch on and they do have to realise that they're missing out on opportunities to get up into into a good position that they were in early in the season. Because at one point they were up, they were third. There was there was games I was at early in the season where if they'd won the game at certain point certain points for the night, they would have been top of the league. So that's how far they've dropped back. Um in terms of the Celtic thing, yeah. I think it was a real. It was just tiredness and a lack of concentration just at the end. And as Bear points out, Celtic were sitting there thinking, right, Ross County have equalised it against Rangers. If we win this game and then go and win the Old Firm game, then we'll be top of the league, and that just drives you forward, you know. But yeah. the United players need to have things like that in the head as well, and think, you know, if we win this game, we'll be back in right in the mix of going going for European football, you know. So it's it's just that. But I do genuinely believe that United are slowly turning the corner and can get back. Maybe not to the levels they, they, they reached early season where you were thinking every week they're going to win every week, but I do think that they can turn it back and, and really make a real fist of it. And before we move on to arrivals and departures, George is a, a, is a man who's witnessed plenty of striking problems uh, this season at Dens. 
Strikes me, Tony Watts had very good reviews since he joined United, but strikers thrive on goals. Yeah, I think he'll be he'll be desperate to get off the mark. Um, and I, I think I would put him on double figures as well for the season, which is always a a nice wee fill up for a for a striker. Um, and that he's certainly added added something. He's added a bit of uh, bit of aggression, I think, up front. There was a bit of that in the derby. Obviously, that's a derby; it's going to happen. But him and Charlie had a square up. Ah, uh, and, and I think he had he had a wee go at uh, John McGee, I think, at one point, and then he squared up with Ryan Sweeney, I think, at another yeah. point. And, and some terrific images, isn't it? Them squaring yeah. up. Yeah. So I thought it wasn't like over the top, and he was he was going to get in trouble or anything. But it shows there's a bit of fight and a bit of aggression, which you want to see from your front line. And United's front line, it, it looks really threatening. I thought it did uh, in the first half. They looked a threat, although nothing really came off. But when you've got Tony Watt, Mark McNulty, obviously a former Scotland striker, and Nicky Clark, who we all, we all like on this podcast, he's a very good player as well. Yeah, wow, well, he's scored a lot of goals for Queen of the South. I mean, it's, it's, oh, here we go. Yeah. I showed you three colours here, George. Yeah. He's got in before um, me. Yeah, he's not played for Arbroath yet, mate. Oh, oh tear. Um, oh, Arbroath. 46 <laughs> minutes and 47 seconds in, Arbroath get a mention, yeah, and it wasn't from you. What I would say, though, is that I think United's problem for, for a long time has been that connection between midfield and striker. And it still felt like it was kind of missing last night. Nicky Clark's a clever player, and he he's, does a lot of good work in that in that hole. I think they're still missing that that we we link. Maybe that's why they've brought in Kevin McDonald because obviously he has quality that can that could maybe do that um, if if he's if he's fit enough. Really, that obviously the difficulties he's had is incredible to get back to a professional football club. Yeah, as much Ewan as I hate to to do this because after all it's your job but you did say last week when I said well Kevin McDonald's left United and you said no I wouldn't say that yet yeah and you were right you yeah, no, I, I got a real feeling that Dun United were signing him to be honest with you and I got a real feeling that even though he went training at St Johnston that Dun United were thinking right let's I think they were basically going in and trying to get the money together to get him that was the that was the bottom line and they did do that I mean they put players out you know so they, they were able to move players on to, to to get the money to free up the cash I mean they got a, Apere they got money for Louis Apere um, so he's gone down to Northampton yeah. and I think that that's that's freed up enough enough cash to to kind of to kind of just get that deal over the line you know so um, they were obviously very, very keen to do it as well. I mean, we spoke to Liam Fox, uh, the assistant manager, and was talking about how he's a, a class act, a quality player. And Tam Court's made no secret of that as well. And I think he wanted to publicly talk talk up Kevin McDonald because I think they were on a charm offensive with Kevin McDonald because they were saying, you know, we don't have the money yet, but stick with us because we want you. Um, and they've got him. And as, as George is pointing out, I mean, he's had a kidney transplant, you know. I mean, he's not played football since July 2020. You know, he's had a, he's had a, kid, a kidney transplant. I, I think his brother was a donor. Yes. Um, I mean, it's, it's it, but it, he's played almost his entire football career with kidney issues. Um, and now he's had a kidney transplant. It's just absolutely, from his point of view, I can't imagine how emotional he'll be when he's back on playing football, you know. And, and to see him get on a football field, even just to see him get on it. Just about like we talk about Christian Eriksen, to see Christian Eriksen out there back playing football again, 
will be a fantastic moment yeah. for everybody to see, you know, you're out there, you're back on the pitch. And then let's see, I mean, what a class act he's been over his career. He's, he's played over 400 games at a very high level in English football since leaving Dundee. Um, he's a quality player. He's played for Scotland. Um, if he can get to those levels, he really can level Dundee United up a bit. So that's what I'm hoping for. And he's also, I can testify from his days at Dens, he's also a very nice lad, Kevin McDonald. And Bear, you witnessed him. I always thought his last season, just before he headed uh, south, as a teenager, I think he was 19 at the time, he was bought, he, he mm. could boss, it was in the championship, to be fair, but he could boss games in midfield. He, he seemed to, over a summer, make a step from being a talented youngster to a player that could yeah. take a grip on a game and control yeah, and that's the why he was game. able to move down south so, he, took that, he took that command you know yeah. and his career down there as well I was thinking Kevin McDonald when you looked at him you thought he was you thought he was one of these guys that he, he looks really slow but he's not he's not he, I mean he's he's not a winger he's not a sprinter but he could cover the ground he had, he had long legs but he had power as well yeah. and he yeah Middle he distance keep, runner. keep the ball for fun and what you know I mean, it's, I'd be going for myself and a lot of other Dundee fans who, you know, hold them in such high regard to see them running out in a Dundee United strip. That's the biggest thing. But here, oh, absolutely brilliant the for the lad. You know, brilliant that's for the lad. great for him. It is. Yeah, to get to get back on that park and what a valuable addition. If he can get himself up to a level of fitness that allows him to to do what he can do, he can be a huge addition for for Dundee United. Like you say, you've got you've got guys like the Harks and Levitt. You know, you stick McDonald in between them, just behind them. I think that, poof, you know, that's that's a really strong sort of combination in there that, that could give United a real platform to, to push on and push forward, you know. Yeah, and I brought you in for two reasons, Bear, because you're a long-time admirer of Louis Perry. Yeah. A wee bit surprising they've let him go, but another brave decision yeah. by Tam Courts, because if he's scored a dozen yeah. goals by the end of the season... I'm a, wee bit, I'm a wee bit saddened, actually, to see him go, because it always felt, he, I mean... Even yeah. I liked him. I think it was because he probably had a, a spell in junior football and and did well, and that gave my that gave my launch pad to go back to United and Robbie Nielsen. But when I saw him for United, you know, I saw a player in there. He's a big lad. He covers the ground really well. You know, he's he's got great feet for a for a big man. You know, a lot of a lot of these big lads they get the ball stuck under their feet, but he's not. He can get out. He's shown he can take goals at you know at Premier League level. And I'm going to keep a close eye on Tam because I think he can do really well for himself. Now, doing well for, for, for himself may not mean playing in the English Premiership. It may not even mean playing in the English Championship. No, but going no, down no. to England and having a career in England where there is money, there is money to be made. And if he can score goals, he'll make money. He'll, get, he'll, he'll have a bloody good career for himself. And that's what, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. But uh, yeah, sorry, sorry to see him go, but I'll now start keeping an eye out. And I've never ever been wanting to see I've watched out for Northampton Town results, Tam, when they've been coming in. But I'm going to... I'm going to pay close attention to him over the next I few weeks. I don't know where it is. <laughs> well. But you, I touched on there, Louis Perry's maybe benefited from having a young manager because uh, a lot of experienced managers who don't absolutely fancy a player, which you, I think we're entitled to suggest that might have been the case with Tam Courts and Louis Perry, maybe just because the style of play he wants to play and other, he feels other players are better. But he's let him go. Uh, some managers would have said, well, you know what? We've we've not scored a lot of goals and I've not picked this boy, so he can stay here for the rest of the season because I don't want him scoring a lot of goals somewhere else. See, I'm, I'm find, I find it really difficult when you say he doesn't fancy him as a player because the amount of times that I've spoken to Tam Courts over the last few months and he's been absolutely adamant 
that he thinks Louis Perry is a player. I mean, he's been adamant. And Aperi missed, he missed the first three months of the season through injury and then he came back in. But you're right, maybe sometimes the words didn't always match up the actions in terms of that because he... he Tam Courts was adamant. I mean, don't get me wrong. It might have been the. It might be just the way he wants to play. Some players don't fit. I don't. Well, the interesting systems. thing. I mean, um, it's funny. Um, the uh, the Bears talking about how he'll be keeping an eye on Northampton Town. I actually signed up for Northampton Town TV the other day um, <laughs> <laughs> to listen to an interview with Louis. And it, the interesting aspect of that interview was that Louis was talking about how he really wants to be a number nine and he wants to be that main striker and. He was never really, in the time that I've watched Dundee United, he was never always deployed in that role. You know, he was maybe put out in the wing to add something. And, and he definitely has a different type of player for what they've got up front. Yeah. But he was never really considered to be, right, your or main focal point of the attack. And maybe he will kick on down at Northampton if he's given that opportunity. And from his perspective, as Bear points out, you go down to England, you, you score 10, 12 goals for Northampton you get a move and then you make you're starting to, to move up the leagues and making decent money um, so it could be a decision that Dundee United live to regret but I think their priorities were freeing up some wages and, and getting some money in to, to bring other players in um, and I think Louis Apery was in the final six months of his contract so it was an opportunity to make some money for a player that was likely to leave for nothing in the summer because no new deal had been Agreed. So, I think it's. I don't think it's necessarily Tam Courts didn't fancy him and and was wanting to to let the boy move on and get get his career. I think it was more potentially there was financial aspects as well. You know, because there, there's maybe more pressing priorities for them. Well, maybe I'm just getting soft in old age, but George, I think I think it's nice that the, basically I take from what you've seen there. Tam Courts has accommodated him when he he doesn't agree with Louis Perry that he's an out and out number nine. Or was going to be that for Dundee United, so he's let him go somewhere else and yeah. Try well, to prove it. we kind of discussed that a couple of weeks ago about uh, Trevor Carson. I think letting him go and maybe they they, they would have liked to yeah. keep a goalkeeper his his talent. But it seems like if if a player goes to Tam Course and says oh, I want to go and try my luck somewhere else, it doesn't seem like he's the type of guy to stand in the way and, and say, "Oh no, I need you. you you're just going to have to." To lump it and kind of wait for your chance. Um, I, I, I like Caperi as well. I don't think he's ever really taken his chance. Um, not since. Yeah, he's still a player with something to prove, isn't he? Yeah, in the Premiership, he's never really. I think he's got he got one goal this season. I think up at Ross County, mm-hmm. which was a, a big goal, but never really happened for him. I thought he was very good in the Championship, coming off the left flank. Uh, he caused a lot of trouble to the defences because he, he can run with the ball and he's. He's quite big and strong. Uh, I think he's built for for English football in that re- regard, um, because it, every time you, you see games down there, that the, the, all the players are absolutely massive, um, and sometimes Scottish players struggle with that kind of physicality going down there. But I don't think he'll have any trouble with that. Um, I'll be keeping an eye. Actually, would be. I don't think I'll be signing up to Northampton TV. To be honest, but uh, maybe the what's the odd goal or whatever. Hopefully, gets a few done there. Don't uh, don't mock you in too much now here, because I have to admit I, I I switched the TV on on Saturday night and thought Peterborough Sheffield United is not the game that's going to keep me tuned into Sky this evening. And then I went, oh, Giando <laughs> Fuchs, and well, he didn't make his debut. And I have to say, after twenty minutes, I got fed <laughs> up and turned it off. I, I watched that as well, Tom, and but, I thought. 
you know, Sheffield United were very good, by the way. I mean, I, you know, I, I not to pay too close attention. I think it's Paul Heckingbottom that's their manager, but they bossed that game at Peterborough. Mm-hmm. And Peterborough are normally quite quite strong in, the, in their home patch. But yeah, yeah it's... That's another one with John Dofus going yeah. going down there. I mean, Peterborough are a big club, but is is it really better playing for Peterborough than it is playing for Dungeon United? Financially, financially, obviously, it's done. It can I, be a, a platform for him to go on maybe other things. Eh? I was going to say, but I think that Giandro Fuchs has backed himself and put his career first by <laughs> the money. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. I think yeah. he's on a good contract. You <laughs> and maybe you can maybe tell us what people. Well, I'm not saying that for them yet. I'm not saying that for them. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think. The problem with Jandro Fuchs is I think Jandro Fuchs' head had been turned. I think it was, it was abundantly obvious when you watched him in the park, you know. Um, and it's there's two sides of the coin. We've talked about Benjamin Seagrass earlier. I don't ex- anticipate that Benjamin Seagrass will be a Dundee-rated goalkeeper next season. But he doesn't look like somebody who's uh, running the clock down. You know, he's, he's, he's he almost looks... No, and he loves United. Yeah, he looks like somebody that. that's determined. If he is going to leave Dundee United, he'll leave in a real high. But I think Jandro Fuchs had was weighed down by the fact in his head that he was wanting to be elsewhere and it was kind of obvious on the pitch that he just wasn't he wasn't there. And so United again again, if I'm gonna give them praise, I think they did well if if they realised that Perry was going or or was it wasn't going to be something they needed right now, they've cashed in and they've and they've got money for Jandal Fuchs uh, for a player who was more than yeah. likely to sign a pre contract with somebody and then just leave for nothing in the summer. So so from United's perspective it's yeah, I always think too. It's one of these things. Once you, once you, I mean, and Seagrass is maybe the, an exception to this because I remember speaking to him in the early on before he'd even established himself as United's out and out number one. But he was so grateful that United were giving him the chance to do that, and he was he was so delighted to be at United. Where and it, this isn't a criticism of others, but Jandu Fuchs signs me as a type of player. He'd moved a couple of times. And he was always going to move. He was he, he, the financial aspect of his career seems to seems to be a big thing, and no. I, I don't blame any footballer for that. When it's yeah, a, but I think I think Dun United were quite aware of that when they signed him. I think Dun United anticipated he was a player they would sign yeah. that they might actually make a profit on. I think that was the was the goal with Jandro Fuchs because I think remember I mean he moved for a, a hell of a lot of money in the past and he was. And, and at one stage, they were wanting several million pounds for Jandal Fix, his, his last club, you know. So he, he was a player who potentially could have had market value and done United, could have brought him in, um, used him well for 18 months and then made a big, a handsome profit. They've made money on him, but they probably haven't made the level of profit that they would have, have hoped for him, you know. So it's, it's yeah, he's not a player for life. But Benji, I think... I think he's different, and I think he probably will be a, a, a Benji age 45, 50 will be coming that's, on the pitch at, spot on, at half time in a game yeah, and waving to the yeah, fans. Yeah, spot on so 100%. On it's that, almost yeah. what I was going to say. Is that he will be back watching games and he will be back someday that will be quite happy to mingle with the fans and everything like that. But I don't I don't anticipate Jandal Fuchs will be coming to watch a Dundee United game anytime soon. Hey, but I, I should say, if I had, if I had any ability... You could have called me Giando <laughs> Duffy, of course. And Bear, the big thing about guys like that is, you know you're signing them probably for a yeah. couple of seasons and then they'll move on. But as, but if they've got the focus and the, the realisation that yeah. they have to do the business to move on and get a good move, no complaints, is no, there? No, I don't think so. And you'd, look, let's be honest. If somebody comes along, like you say, and offers to double your wage, 
you know, are we going to sit on our hands and go, no, nah, I quite like it here. You know, the, the coffee's good. You know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you used to do that every payday when I was sports editor. When you were sports editor, I wasn't sports editor. Yeah. I just thought I was. I know, I know. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a short career. They've got to make, got to make the most of it. But you sometimes wonder, I'm just wondering where, where do you think Benjamin Seagreese could end up? I mean, I look at the old firm and they're crying, both of them are crying out for a goalkeeper. Is it still possible that he could, he could go to one of them, Ewan? I think Rangers is more likely out of the two, isn't it? Because, yeah. I mean, we see, we see McGregor's mishaps. I think McGregor's yeah. is possibly coming to the end. We don't know if he's going to be there. John McLaughlin will be there. I think, if I was going to, I, th- I think Rangers would be a very good bet, I think, in that in that sense. Um, and I think he would be a very good goalkeeper for Rangers as well. You know, I mm. think they would be signing a player who's, a good age, he just turned 30 the other day. I mean, as a yeah. goalkeeper, you'll know yourself, 30's not a, no, no, not old. I mean, he's probably got another eight, nine no, years, potentially. Yeah, he's, at the top, he's at the top of his game as well. And I think, I think obviously, the opportunity for, for Rangers and Celtic, I would, Benjamin Seacrest is desperate, desperately trying, we know that, to get back into the international scene. But there's so many good Swiss keepers out there that are playing, you would say, at, you know, a higher level in in the German in the Bundesliga and things like that. You know, and he's still to get in. But I mean, the fact he doesn't have he doesn't get a mention shows how strong they are in that yeah, position. It's, a, it's amazing. But isn't if he it? can get himself into you know the Champions League with Rangers or or Celtic perhaps, and in the group stages and show what he can do there, that might give him a you know a, a higher a, bigger, a better chance of getting himself picked for the for the national squad. Yeah. Could the dilemma for him be that he's got the choice of being first? first choice say at Rangers because they look the more likely te- of the Scottish big two to go for him but I look at him his stature and his general ability I wonder if an English Premiership team would take him on thinking well you, you, mm. you're yeah, a perfect I mean, backup yeah and then he's got that choice between a big big payday and yeah, regular I, I, I don't know Benji very well but just from what I see I think he would probably take the playing at a good level and guaranteed playing football than than being a, a second choice and making good money. I think he would be I don't think he would chase the money over um playing football. I think he would find it very difficult to to sit in the sidelines and wait. But I, I get your point. I think an English I, I think he's more than capable of going down to English football and making a real impact as a goalkeeper. He's he's an 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 excellent goalkeeper. There's there's no doubt about it. Um I'm excited to see what Ericsson the the Finished goalkeeper that's been brought in to to ultimately replace Benji Brown because he comes with a high pedigree and a lot of people believe that he's going to be a very very capable replacement. But I do think Benjamin Seagrist is a brilliant goalkeeper and can play at a very very good level. Funnily enough, it's just when you're saying you don't know him very well, neither do I. But he was always very pleasant to interview. Really, really a nice lad. And I remembered I remember doing him once, and he came along the corridor over at St Andrews base. They said, oh, sorry, sorry, I, I had to grab this baseball cap. It's not mine. And I said, why? And he said, oh, I didn't want to do the interview with my hair a mess. And I said, Benji, I've only got a tape recorder. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very nice of him to think of his appearance. He's very, he's very I, I find him, I've interviewed him a couple of times. Very affable. Yeah, he is, but I think yeah. he's also quite um, blunt. He doesn't always say what you expect somebody to say, you know, and I think that, that I'm, I'm impressed by that. You know, we, I spoke to him after the Motherwell defeat earlier in the season and he was, he didn't, he didn't um, pull, he pulled, he didn't, sorry, 
he didn't um he didn't oh, sorry, I'll need to start again. He, after the mother <laughs> all confused here. He didn't hold back. We've all stopped listening, you so I know, they're okay. all away now. Um he didn't hold back. Let's just say, you know, I mean he, he didn't hold back at all about the performance, yeah. you know. And and some players would say, Oh, well, it was a tough night, you know, it was torrential rain, it was difficult conditions, everything like that. He was quite blunt and said we weren't good enough, that's not acceptable. And and I, I was impressed by that. I like that approach. You know, it wasn't just the, oh, I better say what I think everybody should hear. I'm going to say what I really feel here. So Yeah, he had he's he's got a way of saying things that are actually, as you say, blunt, straight to the point. But he's got such a pleasant manner that you sort of go, Well, wait, <laughs> did he just say that? Because <laughs> he's like he's like, well, that wasn't good enough and then smiles at yeah. you and you're like he doesn't hey, do man. a lot he doesn't do a lot of interviews I'll say that you know he's probably asked for an interview more times than he'll do you know there, there are a few occasions where it'll be Benji and I don't know if it's to do with he's fed up getting asked questions about his future you know or, or things like that is it, is it the sign of a smart boy who knows he's leaving and doesn't doesn't want to yeah, it's been a line. Po- possibly, possibly. Um, or it's maybe just that he only really wants to speak when he's got something to say. You know, I don't know. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. and like I say, when he does talk, and sometimes that makes it fresh because if you hear the same voices and you see the same words all the time, you think, oh God, you switch off to it. Well, well, here's Benji speaking. He's not spoken for a while. So it can be maybe that, but he's an intelligent uh, boy. I mean, he's fluent in multiple languages. He's, um, he's got everything going for him, I think. And, um, He's a player that, when he does leave Dun United, is definitely a player that I'll follow with interest because I, I believe that big things lie ahead for Benji Seagrist. Well, thankfully, we don't speak when we've only got something to say. We'll speak about anything, anytime, anywhere. But I think we've said enough this week. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the Tilly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetilly.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door. <laughs>